Hi, I'm Brandy. And I'm Tori. And we want to welcome you to Fiction Therapy. In this podcast, real-life mental health professionals slash fantasy enthusiasts unpack, analyze, and fangirl about our favorite books. We dive deep into the characters, adventures, and romances that make them amazing reads. We hope that you have as much fun listening as we do talking about them, and maybe you'll even see things from a new perspective. Listeners, if you were listening to our last episode, then you know that we decided to just keep on talking and then split up the episodes later and just do some editing. So uh, welcome back. We're in part four, the final part of Akawar by Sarah J. Moss. Um, at the end of part three, we had just finished talking about Suri's death and right after Ianthi gets murdered by the Weaver. So that's where we'll pick up. Um, as usual, you know all of our disclaimers are in our show notes. So if you're not a, already a listener, then go and read those disclaimers. Um, so we're just going to jump right back in right after our fave Suri passed away. So she does go back to the surreal and oh, it's just, it's so sad. He's not dead yet. Um, and she asks for his name. And he won't give his name. We don't even get his name. But we call him Suri. Oh, so. and this is the moment, um, this is the moment where she, she's like, thank you for helping me. And, um, he says, I told you to stay with the High Lord and you did. And she's like, you met Reese all this time. And it's like, it comes full circle. And he's like, yes, um, stay with him. <laughs> and I know, are you crying over there? Got some tears. It, it says, stay with him and live to see everything righted. We know that's from the first book. And she says, I did, and it was. And he says, no, not yet. Stay with him. Have me breathing. So we know at the end of the book, when Reese dies, he means, like, hold on to him because mm-hmm. he's going to come back. And that's just, oh, that's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he asks her to just stay until mm-hmm. he dies. And um, and then Helian finds her and, like, they... But he tells her, like, right as he dies, leave this world a better place than you found it. Oh, man. We all need to hear that message. Ugh. Sorry. I'm just like, this is just such a good part to marinate in for a mm-hmm. while. And then he dies. And yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> then he dies. <laughs> And that's when she's weeping, and I was weeping, and Mm -hmm. you were weeping, Mm -hmm. and the whole world was weeping. And then Helian comes in. Yeah. And she puts his cloak on the surreal. Helian's cloak, yeah. Mm. Oh. So, but I feel like when we we head back, like, the very next chapter, Mm -hmm. you just, we're kind of thrown into this chaos of, like, Cassian has been really, really badly hurt. Um, And there's, like, a massive gash from, like, his belly button all the way up to his throat, basically. And mm. his, you know, Asriel was, like, holding his innards together. Ugh. Like, it was, like, holding his guts. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, like, a whole bunch of chaos with him trying to get healed. And... I kind of panicked a little bit. Yeah. Like, I'm just... I can't. I love Cassian. Like... But at this point, we're near the end of the book, so I feel like everybody had those vibes of like, oh shoot, somebody's going to die. Like, like I feel like SJM's going to kill somebody off, so there are all these moments where it's like, Serial just died, and... Feyre is like wallowing in grief. Yeah. Moore is mad. 
at Feyre because she like left without telling her and Moore was supposed to be guarding her. That's right. Leave a note, Feyre. Moore is mad at Feyre. Moore is mad at Reese that Reese is not mad at Feyre. Reese is like <laughs> consoling Feyre because Feyre just lost her best friend. Yes. And I'm sure um, Feyre's like telling him like when he's able to stay with the High Lord, he meant you and all mm-hmm. this stuff and it's just, it's just a mess. And then everybody's mad that Cassian is injured and yeah, it's a hot mess. Really? And then Amarin comes in and she's like, we really need to scry. So she's trying to teach Nesta how to scry. And um, she's like holding on to the bones because they're, they're looking for Hybern's forces. Um, Is this when she finds the cauldron through the bones and she looks at the cauldron and the cauldron looks back? I think so. <gasps> yes. That was so creepy to me. Such a small thing, mm-hmm. but so creepy. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Elaine gets taken. Yes. and she. But Feyre looks into Nesta's mind during all of this and she sees it. And she sees the king standing over a war map and the king has this like massive, huge army. Um, and this is when we know like essentially the cauldron located them because of the scrying and like something's going to happen Lured Elaine later. away. Yeah. But also Cassian kind of grounds Nesta during this. Yeah. Do you remember he like touches her or like, I don't know if it was the shoulder or an arm or something, but he helps her like come back to like reality. I feel like, mm, I feel like Nesta could have very easily become a villain had not, had Cassian not been there. Hmm. Like, for future books, mm-hmm. if Sarah J. Moss, you know, had not written the beginnings of their romance, Nesta could have very easily walked into the villain role. Yeah, gone dark. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what a lot of people are thinking about Elaine. A lot of people pose that Elaine is, like, I'd be super, impressed. super sinister and, like, creepy level evil underneath all the, like, flowers and tea and gardening. I would gardening. require her to do something besides garden, <laughs> and I would be very impressed. Um, I'm so sorry. Elaine is a wonderful, fantastic, I don't know character. about all of that. Well, I just... Okay. <laughs> I'm lying. <laughs> I just, uh, like, there are probably people in the world that really, really like Elaine. I just don't. If you're out there... I mean, I see cosplays of her all the time. DM us. Like, if you like Elaine... Give us some good reasons. Yeah. And we'll we reevaluate. We don't see them. We'll reevaluate. But but most importantly, at the end of this chapter, Varian shows up, and I just feel like it was an airport scene at this <laughs> moment where they just, like, run to each other, and he scoops her up because she's a There's tiny girl. There's not much girl. to scoop. And she's, like, got her legs around him, and they're just smooching, and everybody's like... Huh. Didn't know that Who was knew? happening. <laughs> and they're just like, we don't even care about hiding it anymore. I love Amron and Barry, and mm-hmm. I just think they're so I don't I don't feel like cute's a good word yeah. for them. But I also don't want to veer into like sexy. It's weird, but like positive weird. I think they're solid. They're I don't know, solid. I don't know what tells that tells me that about them. But something about the way they're written as a couple is they're so, like, secure in one another and, like, not enmeshed and, you know, very strong people. Independent. Yeah. Like, they're awesome. I, I agree. But I, I really could just like be them. making all that up in my head. I don't know. Mm. But anyways, so, that night, everybody has dreams. Yeah. And Elaine gets stolen. Yes. Or, Farrah, well, she doesn't Nesta. even get stolen. She gets lured away from camp. We'll leave it. Um, taking a deep <laughs> breath. 
So Faber's like, obviously the answer is to impersonate Ianthe. <laughs> they, they essentially find out that Nesta, Amarin, and Feyre all had dreams and they were like, must have something to do with the cauldron. And yeah. then also, Elaine is missing, so like we gotta go get her back. And then they were like, how do we walk into an army camp just un, unannounced or like yeah. not being taken or not being like identified as an enemy? And so she's like, I'll be Schmerger. So, it's really cool. She, like, changes her face, and they, she uses one of Azrael's siphons as mm-hmm. her little forehead jewel. And But Jurian finds out right off the bat. Oh, yeah. But I love he, that like, helps her. Oh, I really like Jurian. I need a Jurian book, and I need Jurian to have a woman. Yeah. Because he was, like, helping out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, it was... He was like, you've been very interested to get me into your bed, essentially, talking about mm-hmm. Ianthe. And she's like, okay, got it, note taken. And so they just kind of play their way through the war camp into the tent. Mm-hmm. Pretending to be, like, all over mm-hmm. each other and stuff. And She has Ooh. to, like, say a prayer. I think that scene is so funny in my brain, where she's, like, making all this stuff up about the cauldron and the mother, trying to be a priestess. Yes. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh, man. So, but then, like, she shows herself to Elaine. She's like, hurry up, let's go. And, oh, my God, Elaine is helpless. She cannot walk. Azrael has to, like, throw her over his shoulder. And then, like, along the Where way... Where did Azrael come from? I know he's he there. Is he just, like, hiding? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, what? Yeah, he was with uh, her the whole time, though. Yes. And then she saw that girl being, like, strung up and tortured and was going to be... You know, basically raped later. So she was mm-hmm. like, I really need to save that girl. And Jurian was like, you got to choose. But he came through in the end and, like, helped that girl get to the edge of the cliff where she could be saved by Farah and Az. And so it's on this run from the tent to the edge of the camp because they got to get past the wards. On this run is when they're being, like, pursued by Hybern and these, like, Hounds, Naga hounds, right? Yeah, something like that. That who shows up? Redemption. Redemption shows up. I guess redemption. Th- this was a redeeming moment. Yeah, it was a moment for sure. Uh, Tamlin. And they would not have escaped without him. Truly. He mm-hmm. like literally put the wind beneath her wings. <laughs> he really did. You're laughing. I don't know but, why I think that's funny. Because <laughs> it's a song. I guess so. Um, but he like blasted a little wind mm-hmm. up into her wings and to helped get her past them the and fought Highburn. Yeah. <sighs> this makes things so complicated. Why does SJM do this? Like, I've seen this in all her books. That like the villains get the redemption arcs. Well, not all of them, but the ones that you are just determined. To like, dislike. I do not like them. Mm-hmm. It's like. It just shows balance. Like, everybody has good and evil. And often in literature, we have this antagonist-protagonist, but mm-hmm. I think she does a really good job of writing real people. Yeah. That, like, everybody There's has good, good and bad. Everybody has bad. And it's them. what you feed the most. Mm-hmm. And I love to see when these characters that have been feeding their bad for so long turn and start feeding their good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... It's beautiful. It is. It gives you the warm feelies. So anyway, if if Tamlin was at a negative ten, now he's at a negative nine. Um, and they get back to they escape and mm-hmm. with Elaine and the girl. 
They're, but they're injured. Yes. Azrael, for sure. He took a lot of hits. Yeah. He had to basically carry Elaine, too, which I thought was silly, because right when they get back to their camp, Elaine, like, sees Nesta out in, like, the, like, way far away, and she's like, put me down, and then just, like, runs to her, even with the shackles on, and I'm like, you could have walked to this all the time. There's no logic. So then, like, all the other armies start arriving. I think it's so funny that, like, there are just casually polar bears walking around (laughs) from the winter court. That was kind of comical to me. And is it the foxes that wear vests? The little messenger foxes. The messenger foxes. I love it. Oh, I want one. They remind me of a thing that's in Crescent City. Do you remember the thing? The otters. The otters. They wear the little yellow vests. Um... But it, if, if you don't know, you need to know that SJM is a master of riding furry perfect creatures. Because you got sure. the otters in Crescent City, you got the dog in Throne of Glass. And I don't feel like that's a spoiler. And Syrinx. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and then now you've got these adorable foxes and polar bears. And, mm-hmm. and Praxis. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> we don't get a great description of Praxis, but he's. Probably Still furry. Cute. Yeah. Could I be. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe he's just made a shadow. It doesn't matter. He's adorable. Um, for sure. And so they're like getting ready. This is also when Moore admits that she, um, the reason she's, well, not the reason she's not with Azrael, but like something she's been hiding is that she's attracted to females. Mm-hmm. And she's never told anybody. And yeah. She basically <sighs> describes it that like, I don't know if she would identify as bi or identify as lesbian. I don't know. But says that she is cool with both, right? Mm -hmm. That she has had experience with both, but isn't able to feel like that soulmate connection, Mm -hmm. like with men, the way she does women. Well, and she talks about how in the war, she, I think it was a human lover. She took a human lover that Mm -hmm. she really loved and she died. Yeah. You know, so I think, there's a lot of heartbreak there, and she feels like she can't, like, flesh out that heartbreak because no one can know. And mm. so a lot of things for her that we've been experiencing and we've just been really confused about suddenly makes sense. Yeah. So and she says that she sleeps with men partly as, like, to keep people from looking too closely. Mm-hmm. Like, she just kind of takes on that persona of... Someone who just really enjoys sex and doesn't matter, or doesn't matter, doesn't um, mind just like, you know, yeah. having lots of lovers and enjoying that. And she's like, that just kind of keeps that facade, that facade keeps people from wondering too her. much about me. Yeah. yeah. So basically wearing a mask. Yes. And Fair was like, you should really tell people. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's like, like, nobody would cares. be fine. Yeah. Um... And she talks about how she's been protecting Azrael by not getting too close to him. And, you know, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hybern's army's on the move. Yep. Um, King is planning to march on the human lands. Just to get back at the girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the sisters. Yep. So, I mean, that that's a, that's a pretty heavy uh, vendetta. Like, I'm going to kill all the humans just Mm -hmm. because you made me mad. For sure. And so it's Amran's idea who she's like, we need to face Hybern in battle and distract him so that all of us maid ladies, um, Amran, Feyre, Nessa, and Elaine can get to the cauldron and um, 
basically, I guess, nullify the cauldron. Yep. And so they're making this plan, and Pharaoh realizes, like, it's time to woman up. I need the carver. I'm going to get the mirror. Mm-hmm. And so she winnows to the mirror, or winnows close to the mirror, and then gets to it, and um, and she sees herself. And it's described as a beast of claws and scales and fur. Um, there's so much good fan art out there of this. I love it. Yeah. Um, I have a lot saved to my Pinterest board. But I love to see people's interpretations mm-hmm. of this description. But it's really, and she, it's really cool, and she doesn't go crazy, and it, mm-hmm. it proves that what the surreal said, you know, only you can decide. Yeah, what breaks you. Mm-hmm. I think this is, in my brain, this was kind of like a, of a her moving through kind of like a self-exploration epiphany, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of like those defining moments in therapy where like that session felt like a breakthrough. Yeah. Or like I did really solid work and it was really hard and it was kind of like this, this crisis that felt like a crisis and you're just going through it. And that's kind of what I feel like this was for her. Yeah, and I feel like um, it was a good example of, like, taking a step back and seeing things from a whole new perspective and seeing herself as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing that there there's a lot of good, but there's also a lot of bad. And there's some characteristics about her that she loves about herself, but there's also some characteristics that she doesn't like. And, you know, it takes a lot to look at yourself in that scope mm-hmm. and to not be, not driven crazy by it, but you know, be okay with what you see. And yeah. she was okay with what she saw. And I think that was just a really big mm-hmm. part. And when she took the mirror, um, the carver said, you know, it's rare to find a person who can face who they truly are and not be broken by it. And I think that's a really cool theme. Yes. It was like he didn't even want the mirror for himself. He just wanted to basically test her to see if he wanted to help her. Absolutely. And he definitely does. Um, Love it. So, move forward with the war. Asriel and Elaine have a cute little moment with a sword. Or a little truth teller. Not a sword, yeah. It is a sword. It's like a dagger, right? I think it's a dagger. I don't think anybody would give Elaine a sword. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is a dagger because it's what gets used later, remember? So, it's truth teller. Uh, And his wings are injured. And this is where Reese is like, you will not be fighting. And Az is like, you're going to have to train me. Or, what does he say? Chain me to a tree to stop me. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. There's, like, a power struggle between them of, like, he's like, you're not going to fight. And Azrael's like, watch me. You better chain me to a tree. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, well, he said, chain me to a tree, Reese. I'll rip it. I'll rip it up and carry it on my Mm -hmm. dang back. Yep. It's like, ooh. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, So, this is when, this is when Reese gives that, like, quote-unquote moving speech to everyone and it 100% just felt like a goodbye speech to me like he just said all of these nice things about everybody and was like I don't even remember that it was just like it's been nice knowing you it like our family means everything to us like talks about their history and it's like that he's so thankful for being a part of their lives and I was just like who's gonna die like, that's what it felt like. Everybody. And, like, we, obviously him. But, like, oh. <laughs> it felt like a going away speech. It felt like a goodbye <sighs> speech. I hate that. Have you seen the thing where um, it's it's like Sarah J. Maas is 
how long can I keep Reese dead? It's like one page. It's yeah. just like, oh, this has got to end. Too much. <laughs> Too much. I love that. I loved how quick the turnover was. Yeah. That's not the case in a lot of other books. Yes. I, I know that's too soon because we haven't gotten there yet, but we're kind of coming up on it and talking about his goodbyes. and Yeah. I feel like he should not be saying goodbye. That does not bolster good morale. That's what I'm saying. It was supposed to be this motivating speech of like, let's go do the war. And, but instead it was like, we may die. It's been nice. Some of you may die. <laughs> what is that from? But it's a risk I'm willing to take. Yeah. Um, it's from Shrek. <laughs> That's what I thought. It's Lord Farquaad. That's amazing. Some of um, you may die. That's what it felt like. Okay, but anyways, then they like show them each other's tattoos. They are like, I did this thing to help out with the war. Farrah tells him about like the bone carver and Braxis. And then Reese, in turn, tells her, I also got us a monster. Um, it's the Weaver. <laughs> so here's my tattoo. Yeah. I thought that was cute. This is a gift for you. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love the tattoos. It's, it's so cool. And so they go to war as a happy couple. Yep. And then, okay, so without going, like, scene by scene, some of the things that happen are... Highburn uses the cauldron, like, really powerful blast to kill a ton of Illyrians. Oh, that was so sad. It hurt. And right before the blast, Nesta starts, like, screaming Cassian's name, like, bloody murder, like, Cassian, Cassian. And he, so he Is comes down. Is that how down. she screamed it? Yes, without exactly being too like loud. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, she's, like, I imagine her, like, bent at the waist, yeah. just, like, screaming with her hands over her head, like, understandably you know and he's like omg what's wrong are you okay and that's when the blast happens so he gets saved from the blast because he was on the ground and they figure out that they can use nesta like that she knows right before yeah so they can kind of prepare for it a little better for sure so they leave her to like detect that and Feyre mm -hmm. and amarin go to do the cauldron alone to know because uh, elaine is is falling to pieces. She's throwing up on the grass like she can't even help at all. So now we're down from four to two. Like it's just Feyre and Amran now. Yeah. Because it was supposed to be all four of them, but like Nesta's unwell, Elaine is unwell. <laughs> so. Um, but during this time, before they get to the cauldron, um, another legion comes in and they realize it's Draken's legion. Bum, or Draken's bum, bum. legion. And so that's helpful. Yes. And Grayson shows up too. With oh, Jurian. I forgot about him. Yeah, Grayson and the and Jurian have the human army. Mm -hmm. And then Tamlin. Oh, and that's led by Vasa, who Lucian went to find. Yes. He, um, we didn't mention that, but he's been behind the scenes helping in that way. <laughs> yes. And then, um, oh wait, no, it was, it was, it was Feyre's dad who found Vasa, right? I don't know. I'm getting... I think he found Feyre's dad when he found Vasa. Yeah. Yeah. But, bottom line... Uh, Feyre's dad has been helping this whole time. Who knew? Who knew? We just thought he was worthless. And he's, he brought the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so connected that's, in my brain. I, I, I totally agree. The, the Nesta, the Elaine, and the Feyre. Yeah. The Nina. <laughs> Nina? 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 The, Nina. I don't know. Who that's knows? so true. Um, and he's, like, trying not to fail them. He's failed them all these years. <laughs> and... But trying not to just spit on him, but okay. Make up for it. Um, Vasa's a firebird. Yep. Like, 
<laughs> okay. Very, very powerful. Um, and she's connected to Koshay, which is another yes. villain from another book. So the Weaver's like, kick and tail. Mm-hmm. The Bone Carver, kick and tail. Also kick and tail. Briaxis, kick and tail. Oh, but can we talk about the fact that the Bone Carver put himself in a high fae body and he sounded a very handsome. Do you remember that? I don't. The Bone Carver, like, I don't remember his exact description, but he's like tall, dark, and handsome. Oh, I gotta find it. Yes. So page 617 says that the Bone Carver, let's say, what it says. Chosen the form of an Illyrian soldier in his prime. Oh. So I think all of the book talkers took liberties. <laughs> and so even though it wasn't described, <laughs> all the fan art of him is like, gives me Dorian vibes. But like oh, as an Illyrian. I Dorian. He is real cute. The fan art is. So. Well, I was just saying, it cracks me up how he spends all three of the books basically as a child. And then there's like <laughs> one line where he happens to be an attractive Illyrian male. And that's where yeah. the fan artists run to. Yep. Like 20 minutes before his death. He's like, I'm yeah. going to be handsome Illyrian dude. <laughs> I'm going to live my life <laughs> for just 20 minutes. Yes. So like everybody's fighting. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this is when, um, this is when Reese shifts into his shadow bum, bum, bum. Uh, monster or whatever. Yeah. And then Helion shifts, and I kind of just picture this. This I know this is like a really serious, empowering moment, <laughs> but I, I really picture like frat boys about to play football, and they all just start taking their shirts off. <laughs> like, I love that. It's like, oh yeah, man, you go to shift, I'm a shift too. <laughs> like, just camaraderie, you know? I love that. So, and that's really cool. We get, we finally get to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And, um, let's see, like you said, Draken appears. Um, so like the full, the, the team is here. The yeah. Avengers have we ascended. Have all assembled. Assembled, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. Ascended. <laughs> um, and then, you know, right off the bat, the Weaver gets her neck snapped and gets, and mm. I can't believe that that's what killed her. Like, yeah. she's this great, powerful thing. And then she gets her neck snapped. That was a savage moment for sure. Oh, Cause yeah. it was like. Farah and Amran, I imagined in my brain, like, they're climbing up this mountain, and then they come up upon the Weaver, but then Highburn walks up, and so they hide, and the Weaver kind of is like, I don't know, just chatting and smack-talking with Highburn, and Highburn straight just, like, reaches out his hand and snaps her neck. Yeah, that's crazy. I was just like, oh, I got whiplash from I that I thought death. there would be some more, like, resistance there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, okay. So, yeah. And and then they get to the cauldron and, okay. Mm-hmm. This is when Amorin tricks Farah. And so, we know. Which I was so confused about okay, when I was reading. Right. That's where I'm going with this. We know now that Amorin did it for everyone's own good. Mm-hmm. At the time, when I first read the book, I thought Amarin was bad the whole time. And I was like, what a plot twist. Yeah. Amarin has been bad. It was like a betrayal. This whole time, yeah. Uh-huh. And I was so glad that it wasn't like that. But I mean, honestly, if someone was going to betray him, I feel like Amarin would have been a good choice. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that that's not the direction. But I think she- SJM may have left those doors open in your brain, though, like on purpose, to be like, is she is yeah. she on our team? You know? Like, is she all there with the inner circle? Or does she have her own mm, plans? Yeah. And definitely has a lot of power. So, I mean, like, she doesn't have to be on anybody's team. We were we were tricked by being tricked. 
we've been been we've been bamboozled. That's <laughs> what I was trying to say. Um, so she gets released, and I think Varian sees it. Does yeah, Varian see it? And he's like, like crying. Doom. Yeah, it's so sad because he knows that she won't remember everybody. Yeah, and then. Uh, she starts kicking tail in her form. Mm-hmm. And then we go to what's going on with Nesta. I, I think, can't she see? Like, she can see through the cauldron. Because she's connected to the cauldron. She can see what the cauldron sees. And mm-hmm. the cauldron can see Nesta and Elaine. Yes. And this is when all that drama happens. Yes. Because, like, Nesta and Cassian went off into this, like, secluded field to distract Hybern, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they were trying to lure Hybern there. While Feyre and Amarin. So, I think that's what happens right after he kills the Weaver. Is like, he gets like a little snippet of Nesta. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go kill Nesta. So, then he leaves. And that leaves Feyre and Amarin with the cauldron. Yes. So, that's why Hybern, Nesta, and um, And Cassian are together. Feyre watches her father be killed. You know, this is where all of... Not all of, but a, a significant portion of Nesta's trauma stems from is um, his neck getting snapped, and mm-hmm. you know it's like he, he we we've waited all these years, however many they're in their twenties now or whatever, mm-hmm. we've waited all these years for Dad to step up and be a dad, and he finally did, and he gets killed. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. It's really rough, and I know like Nesta for sure has dad issues because I think it's described in the first book that she. M- mainly was just closest with her mom mm-hmm. so I don't know that she ever really I mean, yeah there's just I'm not I'm not gonna go too deep into that analysis but I think she definitely has dad issues which is why this death like before he could really have his redemption arc and mm-hmm. like have relationships with his daughters was really hard well and I think this was such a blow to Nesta too because she spent the whole time thinking that she was the least favorite daughter you know, she was she was too harsh, too much like her mother, you know, and she kind of saw it as um, her dad, like, doting on the other sisters, and, you know, and this was the moment where he told her, from the moment I held you as a baby, I loved you, and it was like, oh, oh. That's so soft. Um, okay, so kind of fast forwarding. <laughs> oh, there's so much emotion right here. So, but the king, like has him in front of them saying, like, I'm going to kill him. And Nesta's like, don't, but he does. And then that's when Nesta, like, gets super-duper angry. And basically there's a struggle, and they're losing hard. Like, Cassian is getting really bad hits. And And this is when the King of Hybern snaps Cassian's wings. And we kind of see Elaine's premonition. And you're like, oh, And Cassian is about to die. And Nesta doesn't know how to use her power because she hasn't trained. And so she's blowing her power like, big-time blows, and, like, none of them are hitting the king. But, like, she hits him one good hard time and, like, throws him really far back. So that gives her the time to, like... Nesta and Cassian are having this, like, deathbed moment. Yeah, confessing of, like, of yes. the feelings. Cassian was like, my only regret is that we didn't have enough time. And Nesta's like, oh, my God. I don't know if anybody says I love you. I don't know. I don't think so. But, like, they smooch. It's basically a DTR. Yeah. And it's determined. And it's, like, very romantic. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it completely goes away. Like, <laughs> the next book, it's like, we just forgot this happened. Well, Nesta's in big-time denial. But yeah. after the DTR, like kind of Hybern is like stomping his way over to them 
and she just lays over his body. That's just so heart-wrenching to me. Like, I'm just going to cover him. Maybe he won't see him. Like, I, I feel like that was the logic. I, I, I didn't mean that in a funny way. Like, she's like, I'm literally going to hide him because I cannot... I cannot fathom him being taken away yeah. from me. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's when Elaine steps in. And I have to wonder if Elaine messed with the balance of the universe. And this is when Cassian was supposed to die. And she... Whoa! She killed him because she had seen it happen. Oh my gosh. Maybe this is the time where she saw this happening to him. Maybe originally he was supposed to die, but because she saw it, she was able to step in. But it was probably because Nesta was going to die, too, if I had to guess. Maybe Like, so. it's not that she just loved Cassian and had good feeling towards him or whatever. It was like but I have Nesta to wonder, was going like, to go down with him. Did this put cracks in the universe? Mm-hmm. Like, did we just create the multiverse in <laughs> the Akatar books? Maybe so. Um, so, yeah, and Elaine has finally done something. Let's get on to the important bit here. Elaine stepped up and did something. <laughs> Wait, I, I need to spend, a, like, a couple more minutes on this because I just found oh, it in the book. Oh, please do. I can, I can said, camp out here forever. Okay, so she's, like, saying, get up, she sobbed, hobbing, hauling at his shoulder, get up. He tried and failed. You're too heavy, she pleaded. Oh, my God, I just can't. And she's like, I can't. He's coming, and Cassian says, go, he groans, and then, okay. Her power had stopped hurling the king across the forest. He now stalked towards them, brushing off splinters and leaves from his jacket, taking his time, knowing she would not leave, savoring the awaiting slaughter. Nesta gritted her teeth, trying to haul Cassian up once more, a broken sound of pain ripped from him. Go, he barked at her. I can't, she breathed, voice breaking, I can't. The same words Reese had given him. <laughs> so I'm skipping, skipping, skipping. Um, skip, skip, skip. Oh. I will offer you a bargain, I said to the cauldron. I will offer you my soul. Save them. She's saying that to the cauldron. Mm-hmm. Farrah's saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the king says, romantic but ill-advised. Um, Nesta did not move from where she shielded Cassian's body. The king raised his hand, power whirling like a dark galaxy in his palm. I knew they'd both die the moment that power hit them. Anything, I begged the cauldron, anything. The king's hand began to drop and then halted. A choking noise come out of him, came out of him. For a moment, I thought the cauldron had answered my pleas. But then, it's Elaine. It's Elaine. Keeping <laughs> that little thing, she says, she snarls and whispers in his ear, Don't you touch my sister. Yes. Sweet little Elaine. Oh, that's finally, like, oh she my God. did something. I'm so happy. I guess I skipped over, like I didn't even read the DTR parts, but it was oh, must have okay. been before. But anyways, sweet, sweet Emotion, moment. yes. And, oh, I just, I, I thought, I really thought somebody, everybody's going to die here. It was just really bad. Um, this whole last part of the book is just a roller coaster of emotions. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of be to be expected with all of SJM's books. Um... I'm so, like, caught up in that. I don't even know who we are. So, basically, like, what's happening with Feyre and Amran? Amran is, like, helping out with the war. Yeah. And Reese comes to help Feyre with the cauldron, right? Yes. And she's like, okay, we gotta do this. And Reese is like, hey, if I give you my power, maybe it won't kill you. And, um, so I, like, (laughs) nerd moment. (laughs) I totally have the coloring book. (laughs) I love it. I have the board game. 
for acting for throwing glass. Oh, I, I just love all the cheesy nerd things. But I love my coloring book. Like, I just love it. But there is a scene, like, in the coloring book, and I always picture that. But it's, like, Reese mm-hmm. is sitting, and Farrah's, like, sitting between his legs, like, touching the cauldron. And he's, like, touching her and giving mm-hmm. her all the power. And, yeah. Um, kind of like a, um, a birthing class stance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a little more romantic than that. Um, <laughs> I think it, there's foreshadowing. Ladies <laughs> um, can't unsee that, like yoga classes. With yeah, men behind their partners. And it works. It works. Mm-hmm. And um, so he dies on page six hundred and sixty-six. Coincidence? I don't know. That bothers me. No. Let me see if it's that one in mine because I have like the the spectral something 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 edition. I think that it's page it's that page for most people because it's talked about on yeah. book talk yeah and reason that everybody dead. refers to page 666 the mating bond it wasn't there it was gone because his own chest it was not moving and reese was dead <sighs> okay sobbing at this point like i said hadn't cried since new moon yeah in the eighth grade mm. we should do those books on the podcast <laughs> oh god um oh that was so bad and then Oh, wait, wait, wait. I gotta see when she brings him back. <laughs> Which is like, it's like 670-something. It's so quick. Okay, yeah, 666, he died. Uh, and then 671. Yep. <laughs> Five pages. Five pages. Also, I love the difference between, like, okay, Feyre dies, and Reese like, calmly pops into all the High Lord's heads and is, like, giving them level-headed reasons why like, he, yeah, they should bring should. her back. Like, That's let's all idea. work together to bring her back to life. And then when Reese dies, Feyre's, like, on the ground, like, Bring feral, it back! Like, Give me your power! <laughs> Put it in him! Bring it back to life right now! It's Do so it. true. And I, I feel like a lot of times... <laughs> I no, I'm not gonna say that. Um, it's just it's a really funny parallel. Mm-hmm. I love it. So it's it's quite enjoyable. But he is over 500 years old, and she's 20. Yeah, maybe 21. I feel 20. like he has or had 20. a lot more time to mature and build <laughs> crisis management skills, whereas she is just in distress. So, like, I get it. I just think it's humorous. I also think he's just a lot more level-headed. Mm-hmm. Like, Probably so. I, I see this in my own relationship. I was going to make a comparison to it. So it, it could be a male-to-female thing, but I don't think that's true. Um, that's a little bit of a wrong statement. But I know in my own relationship, um, my husband tends to be the real level-headed, and I'm kind of a psycho. So, like, I totally relate to this. <laughs> and see, I think it's opposite. <laughs> For me. Yeah, and that's why I stopped and I was like, well, it's not really male to female. It's right. just character ty- or personality types. Yeah. But I, I just think it's funny. because yeah. Not that my partner, disclaimer, not that I feel like my partner is a psycho. <laughs> just that like, it's like you can call yourself a psycho, but you can't call anyone else a psycho. No, no. But like in some situations, I could maybe be the more level-headed of, of the two. Mm. But I definitely think it depends on the situation, for sure. And that's why you were Cassian and Nesta. <laughs> Oh man, fun stuff. Um, so but she's anyway. yelling at everybody, and I think they all agree to bring him back except Tamlin. Yeah. So she has to like 
really yell it. And this is where we, well, this is where we really get the parallel. She says, oh, I wish I hadn't closed the book. I keep closing the book. And um, 671. She says, something like, I will do anything. Um, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Um, he says, she says, please, I'll give you anything. Um, and that's what he said to Amarantha in the first book. Yes. Is he, when, when Amarantha was killing Feyre, he said, please, I'll give you anything. Mm -hmm. And so he saw that and realized, like, you know, it's a parallel moment. And he that realized she that she really, love really him. loved him mm -hmm. the way he really loved her, if mm -hmm. not more. Of, mm -hmm. of course, he's not going to think, oh, she loves him more. But, you know, and that's when he says, be happy, Feyre. And gives the little kernel, the little <laughs> acorn of magic. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. And what does he say when he comes back? He's, he's He says, sassy. if we're all here, either things went very, very wrong or very right. Mm-hmm. And that he said, my power remains my own. No thieving here. Mm-hmm. Wow. Way to throw Feyre under the bus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then Helian says, you know how to make an entrance, or should I say an exit? <laughs> oh, Helian. Jokes. Too soon, too soon. Jokes. Um, so, yeah, and this is the moment where they realize stay with the High Lord meant that she should, like, cling to his soul because he was going to get to come back. And then he's like, the cauldron gave us a little, a little treat. Amaranth's back. Aw, he's like somebody fish Amaran out of the cauldron. Oh, that was so cute. It was. That's cute. what. That's most of the cuteness I'm thinking of. It's like somebody had to fish her out. The big old yeah. bathtub. I think that's what he says. Yeah, he says like there's somebody another surprise. Um, someone fish out dear Amaran before she catches a cold. <laughs> I love that. I love Reese. We love oh. Reese. We all love him. He's precious. Um. So then, like the sisters go and kind of burn their father's body, mm -hmm. um, Lucian. Oh, they won the war. I feel like we just mentioned that, like, oh, the cauldron was nullified, but it's important to note that they won yes. the war. Well, it's hard to focus on that when the cost of <laughs> that was so much. Reese dying. So, but yeah, what they were doing worked. Who cares about the war? <laughs> and we're like, war, Reese war, has died. fighting, stabbing, pow, pow, it's all happening. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're, they're going, they're saying goodbye, Burying their mm -hmm. dad, burning him. They set up the kind of plot for future books too by saying like the queens are still out there, and Lucian is gonna go help out Vasa and Jurian with like kind of like um, post-war things in the human mm -hmm. lands. I think it's important to note too. I don't think this is in our summary, but um, when they're burying their father. Um, Elaine says, should we say a prayer? And Feyre says the, like, Faye goodbye. The, like, may the mother keep you mm -hmm. and hold you or all that stuff. And um, it was, it's, I, I kind of felt like that was them final, not so much Feyre because she's, like, been in this for a while. Mm -hmm. But that was Elaine and Nesta finally accepting that they were Faye. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to bestow this Faye honor on their father 
Yeah. Who obviously had no issue with them being Fae. Right. Who w- was working with the Fae, you know. And I think um, they mentioned several times in the book they didn't want to tell their father. They were scared of him finding out and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I just felt like that was a pretty cool moment. Um, Here it is. I think mm-hmm. it's beautiful, so I wanted to read it. But, Mother Hold You. May you pass through the gates. May you smell that immortal land of milk and honey. Fear no evil. Feel no pain. May you enter eternity. Yes. Hmm. That's sweet. And, oh, yeah. And then, <sighs> Elaine and Az have moments, too. I should, like, take so. a picture of us sitting here with our copies of Wings and Rome with our nose At in it. At this point, we're just <laughs> flipping through the pages, reliving this. But. Yeah. So then there's lots of, like, um... You know, wrap up mm-hmm. and more like strategize, strategize, mm-hmm. that kind of thing that we don't really care to talk about. Um, and I think chapter 81 is Reese's perspective, right? Yeah. Like one of the last ones. But right before then, uh, Farrah gets to meet Miriam and Draken, and I think everything's good with Jurian. Yes, they essentially send the cauldron to that island. Without saying that much, they hint that, like, um, the cauldron will be yeah, taken care of. We're, yeah, we're sending it there. And then chapter 81 is Reese's perspective of just, like, listening to everything happen around him. And I think, I feel like that's setting us up for all the good tingly feelings of Frost and Starlight. I loved that. Yeah. I just loved him, like, hearing, and him describing Feyre's laugh. That was absolutely precious. Oh, my gosh. And, um, I, uh, it was just really, really, really sweet. And then, you know, the last chapter, uh... (laughs) Feyre goes to the roof in her lingerie, obviously. Love it. Her red lingerie. Important to note, because, you know, because she can wear red now, because she's, like, coped enough with her trauma that... I I didn't even realize that until you said that. I love love. Um, And so, yeah, she's wearing red. Makes a big, big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, he, He, like... Sweeps her up, and they go flying. They make a bargain that when they die, they'll die together. Oh, shoot. Forgot about that one. <laughs> Which is not a good idea. Like, Everybody's this is pissed not, about it when they find out. This is not a Romeo and Juliet moment. We do not support this. Um, but that's the only thing we don't support. We support everything else. I just was like, listen, guys. Was that the right choice? No. Hmm. Interesting A little bit there. of an emotional choice. Mm-hmm. But anyway, whatever. I mean, like, I talked I talked to Mitch about this because I asked him, I was like, I kind of described the, the situation and was kind of asking him, like, what would you do? And he, being the cinnamon roll Cassian figure that he is, was immediately like, oh, yeah, like, you die, I die, 100%. And I was like, like, I see it. I, I get it. And I feel like. Maybe I would make the same choice if it was me and Mitch, but but they are essentially monarchs. Like, who do you, who are you gonna put in charge if one of them dies? I, I guess Amran. I feel like a major difference for me personally is if I had kids. Yeah, if I had kids, it would be a definite no. And they don't because I kids. have to be there for my. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I couldn't just be like Mitch dies, I dies. But without kids, I don't know. I might I might ha- make an emotional decision same way they did thankfully you don't have to worry about it right now (laughs) thankfully no um anyway the last part of the last chapter um it's basically she's describing them flying through the skies and the last thing she says is um 
we'd have an eternity of nights to do this, to see everything together, a gift, all of it. Oh, I love that. So much gratitude after, like, the fear of losing the people you love. Beautimus. I was just thinking how much I love the color of this book, and then I looked over and yours was, like, bright pink. Yeah. Mine is, like, emerald green. I'm not a fan. Oh, I love of yours. The bright ones. I know, we're in opposite boats. I know. I do love the color, though. That's not important. Um, <laughs> we did so, it. We finished we, the trilogy. Oh, my goodness. We did. This is so sad. <laughs> we'll come back, though. Yeah. We have Frost and Starlight to come back to, and definitely Silver Flame. I feel like Frost and Starlight sets up uh, Silver Flame so well, so mm -hmm. they should be done together. For sure. It's yeah. good stuff. And we're going to do hot takes, too. We're going to have an episode where we talk about some more in-depth stuff yeah. and some fun things. So I feel like we haven't really described, we've mentioned several times, like, oh, we're going to talk about this in hot takes. Mm -hmm. um, hot takes is basically going to be just crazy, outlandish theories. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, what do you think um, about this? Things, uh, personality types, um, <laughs> just lots of weird stuff. Like, Some questions that like people yeah. have posed of like, what if this is a thing? And we're going to yeah. talk about those. Probably more memes. Oh, we talked about like putting the characters into Hogwarts houses, like what their occupation for, would be, what they'd be <laughs> for Halloween, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, really just goofy, fun stuff. Probably won't be as long mm -hmm. of episodes. So like if you skip the hot takes, you're not missing too much. But yeah. if you want to laugh and enjoy with us, mm -hmm. that's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. We're going to do a separate episode for that. Yes. But um, as of right now, we're done with this series. The next episode that will be posted will be on Shadow and Bone. Bum, bum, bum. So be sure, if you've read it before, get your reread ready. If you don't want to reread, just live along with us. Mm -hmm. um, and like we said, I, I don't know, if, you kind of have to decide on your own whether or not it will be a spoiler or not. But I think we're also going to talk about the TV show too. So like the yes. book and the show will be discussed. Just heads up. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know the name Ben Barnes, you should get acquainted with it. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> for sure. We, I mean, that was my childhood with Narnia. It's Caspian. Yeah. I know, yeah. I love him. 100%. Me too. I'm excited for that. And I feel like we might be able to get it done in one episode, or it might be two episodes. But that we'll is a significantly smaller book than these. It is. That we have done, so it won't be so many parts. Absolutely. So, um, last part of the episode, invitations. Mm. What are you inviting in right now? I'm inviting sunshine. Oh my goodness, yes, it's such a beautiful day. Yeah, because like we're coming out of the dreary winter season of like lots of ice and like below 40 all the time, which is not cold compared mm -hmm. to a lot of places, but where we live, it's like, that's pretty cold. So today is the first day that I've like opened the door and felt warm from the sunshine. And that has been lovely. That's nice. What are you inviting in? I'm going to piggyback and say vitamin D <laughs> from the I sun. I wondered if I took yours because we just um, talked about that. No, no. Um, there have been some really pretty days lately, and I've, like, walked my dog and just gotten the vitamin D. And I actually wore sandals the other day thinking, like, if I wore my Chacos, it would usher in warmer weather. It didn't. Uh, it actually dropped to 20 degrees that night, so mm -hmm. I think I jinxed it. <laughs> but, um... That's you know, me with fall weather. Every year, it's like still 70 or 80 degrees outside, and I like put my boots on. I like wear jeans and boots, and I'm like, it's going to get cold. It's, it's about to get yeah, cold like any minute now. Around, you know, 1 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. <laughs>